Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm your host, Matt Prater. Today we're talking with Hawaiian international superstar pastor, Dave Barr. <laughs> Dave's the pastor of uh, New Hope Windward in Hawaii on the island of Oahu. Welcome to History Makers. Thank you. It's great to be here. <laughs> now, uh, you're, a little, you're a little different than most Hawaiians. You're actually a white guy <laughs> yeah. who's pastoring a church in Hawaii, which is like 90% Hawaiians, you know? <laughs> right, right. And uh, tell me, uh, were you brought up in Hawaii or in, in the States, in the mainland? Whereabouts are you from? I grew up in the States, mm-hmm. in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And then through my previous occupation, mm-hmm. God brought me to Hawaii. Okay. And then called me into full-time ministry about eight years ago. Okay, so before you came a pastor... You were like the exterminator, you know, like you you were a general manager of a pest control company, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a general manager of Terminex International in Hawaii, mm-hmm. which uh, was the largest pest and termite control company in Hawaii. Fantastic, okay. And tell me, uh, you're also very um, passionate about uh, reaching out to people uh, through your church. Now, tell us a little about New Hope Winwood. Uh, it's got about a 1,000 people. You meet in cinemas. Tell us about the how, how you set up your church. It's just amazing. <laughs> Well, we're a multi-site church. We have three campuses. Our main campus is in the town of Kaneohe, which is on the island of Oahu. And about 20 minutes away from that, we have another campus we started six months ago. It's called New Hope Kailua. And then we also started a campus in the largest women's prison on the islands. And we have a weekly New Hope worship service in the prison with an average of 100 inmates coming each week. It's just amazing what God's doing with that. Fantastic. And uh, you've been pastoring now for about seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you make the transition from general manager of a pest control company to senior pastor? What, what was that process you went through? <laughs> it was a, a, a process with great fear and intrepidation. <laughs> Uh, God spent about two years working on my heart to convince me that he wanted me to resign uh, in my career of 10 years with the company as a general manager, uh, which meant that my compensation would reduce by about 60%. Uh, The hours I work weekly would increase 30 to 40%, and life was going to be a lot different. Uh, But he, through various means, convinced me that I was to resign. So I went on staff with a church called New Hope, which is a large, the largest church in the islands of Hawaii, and went on staff there. And shortly thereafter, the Lord called me to one of the church plants called New Hope Windward, and I've been there for the last seven years. Fantastic. Okay. Now, you actually meet in a cinema, and you have three services on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. 8, 9, and 10, and you kind of run between each cinema and preach your message three times. Is that the way it works? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because of the size of the cinemas and the limited time that we have to actually rent the theaters, uh, we have to set up uh, six theaters and we have to we have to overlap services in order to get out of the cinemas in time. Wow! And uh, your church is very uh, evangelistic. You have I don't, I don't know thirty or forty. Uh, unchurched people coming every week uh, to your services. Do you find there's a lot of people that love the way you do church uh, that that have been outside of the church, and do they get impacted? Do their lives change? How does that happen? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Jesus Christ is in the business of changing lives, so to speak. Mm. And we don't water down the gospel. We just present 
the good news of Jesus Christ in ways that both Christians and non-Christians can understand. And we use the arts to communicate the gospel. So we use hula, hip-hop dance. We use a lot of video to help supplement and convey the Word of God in ways that our culture is is learning. Mm. You know, we live in a media-saturated generation, and so we communicate the good news of Jesus Christ through the mediums in which our culture learns. Mm. Fantastic. Now, there may be people listening that are thinking, right, you know, I don't really know what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. I don't know what it means to become a Christian. Uh, tell us a bit of your story. How, how did you become a Christian? Were you brought up in the church? Uh, what's your background there? Yeah, I grew up in a Presbyterian church mm-hmm. and actually did not begin a relationship with Jesus until I was at a parachurch event, and uh, they led me in, in receiving Jesus Christ as my life leader. I invited him to my heart at age 16, and then for the next 10 years, I lived with one foot in the church and the rest of my body in the world. <laughs> uh, I lived the weekends partying and drinking and uh, living a life that was unpleasing to God. And then at the age of 25, I started going to a church called Saddleback Church in California. Uh, Pastor Rick Warren was the pastor there, still is. And I started hearing the, the Bible taught to me in ways that I could understand. Instead of hearing a Bible history lesson, I was hearing how to apply the Bible to help me in my everyday life. I'd never heard uh, teaching and preaching like that. I was hearing messages on how to reduce your stress in life, how to affair-proof your marriage based on God's Word. I learned that Jesus wanted a relationship with me. I'd never heard that. I thought religion was a list of do's and don'ts. And I remember leaving that church after the second time I attended, and I thought, God, you want a relationship with me? I wonder if that's true. I mean, I know, I know, God, you're real, but you want a relationship with me? And you have a plan for my life? Man, if that's true, and you want to share some of your power in my life to help me change, I'd like to be in on that plan. And so our pastor said, if you seek God, the Bible says you'll find him. So I remember leaving church one day. I was in the car alone. And I just had a conversation with God. I said, God, I know you're real. I'm going to seek you for six months. And if you are real and want a relationship with me, I want you to prove it. And if you have a plan for my life, show me. And within six months, I was convinced enough that, wow, you can have a relationship with God. He does want to share his power to help you change. And he does have a plan for your life. Mm. Now, if there's people listening now that are thinking, I need to do that, I need to give my life to God, what do they do? What steps should they take? You can pray right now as you're driving, and it's not important necessarily the words that you say as much as your heart or the attitude of your heart. And you just say, Jesus Christ, I believe you're the Son of God as best as I know. I'd like to invite you into my life. I want a relationship with you. I believe you died and paid for my sins, and please come into my life and guide me in your plan. And, you know, I I think it's important to know that you can still develop a relationship with God and have doubts. I began a relationship with God, and for the last uh, 12 years, I've worked through doubts. I have a lot less doubts than I had then, 
But the, the cool thing is you can begin a relationship with Jesus and still have doubts. But don't let your doubts keep you from beginning to live a relationship with God. Now, you're obviously very busy. You've got three kids. You're pastor of a church of a 1,000 people. You're traveling all the time. One of the most important things about living the Christian life is your, your personal devotional time with God. Uh, what do you do for that? How do you keep close to God on a daily basis? Yeah, uh, I've been fortunate that one of my mentors, Wayne Cadero, taught me that we need to meet with our divine mentor each day, Jesus Christ. And so years ago, I started doing what we call daily devotions, which is reading through uh, the Bible. And I, I spend about 15 to 20 minutes reading. And uh, not every day, but most days I sit and will write some things about what I've read. And I've been blown away over the years how often God will communicate with me through that time of reading and journaling. And when you do that, do you share that with other people or do you just keep it to yourself? Well, yeah, because I have the gift of gab. I like to share everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have a, a f one group that I meet with, a group of men, mm -hmm. and we share. And then, of course, uh, my wife and I share a lot, and mm -hmm. I share a lot with the staff. Mm. Fantastic. Now, um, I heard you speaking now. Just so you know, we're, we're at a conference in, uh, in Brisbane here uh, called Doing Church as a Team. And uh, you've been, you know, flown over from Hawaii to come and share. Um, do you want, just want to briefly share with us um, what the Doing Churches a Team conference is about, and how important it is for churches to to get the uh, the theories behind Doing Churches a Team? Yeah, sure. You know, traditionally, a lot of churches are led and run by a pastor, and the pastor does everything. The pastor helps set up the chairs. He does all of the hospital visits. He does the majority of the work. And yet if you look at the Bible, the Bible says that pastors are to equip the saints for the works of ministry. In other words, pastors are to equip those people that come to the church to do the ministry. The pastors are like the administrators, and the people of the church are the ministers. And so doing church as a team is all about helping people discover the good works or the assignments of service that God created them to do, the assignments that fill them up with joy, and the assignments that he wants them to do to advance his work here on earth mm. so that pastors don't fry themselves and burn out. I think a lot of pastors, they don't decat, which means doing church as a team. They decap. <laughs> they decapitate themselves because they're doing everything. Mm. So the whole conference is about helping people discover that Jesus created them to make a contribution and to find that because that's where there's so much fulfillment in life. Mm. One of the uh, opening stories you shared uh, was about the power of encouragement. And uh, you talked about Little Miss America. Do you, do you want to share that story with us? That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I remember the, the power of, of encouragement or the power of words really sunk into my heart when I heard the story of this young girl who was growing up in a small country town, and her dad owned this corner grocery store. And it was in the days where they would come in and the milkman would, would stack the bottles of milk. And this little girl, because her father owned this country grocery store, she would hang out at the store a lot. And every time that milkman came in, he would walk up to this young little girl and he would rub her on the head and he would say, how's my little Miss America? So beautiful and talented. 
And she would stand there with this gleam in her eyes as she was being affirmed by this milkman with his words of encouragement. And every time he came to stack the milk, he would put his hand on her head and he would say, how's my little Miss America? Year after year, week after week, month after month, every time he came in, he would always encourage her with words and he would say, how is my Miss America? You are so beautiful and talented. Well, as this girl grew up in high school, she decided she wanted to enter a beauty pageant. So in high school, she entered a beauty pageant. She decided in high school she wanted to make it a goal to become Miss America, which is one of the top beauty pageants in in the States. In 1980, she won the Miss America pageant. And when she was giving her acceptance speech, she said, the words of that milkman shaped my life. And when I heard that, I thought, man, there is so much power in words. And so me having three young kids... Uh, often when I see one of my daughters, I put my hand on her head and I say, how's my little Miss Millionaire growing up to take care of Daddy? (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I like that. (laughs) Now, uh, Dave, uh, let's find out a little bit about you. What do you like to read? What's your favorite books that you're uh, you're piling through at the moment, other than the Bible, of course? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I finished a book recently that is... It's a non-Christian book, but it was called uh, Never Check Email in the Morning. (laughs) And the reason I read that is I had to give a talk on time management. Mm -hmm. And I've come to discover when God wants me to work on an area in my life, he usually has me teach on that area. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I read that book along with several passages in the Bible on how Jesus managed his time. Mm. And uh, that book was quite helpful, a very Mm -hmm. good read. Um, I read a book recently from Archibald Hart, who is a Christian professor from Fuller Seminary in the States, and the book was uh, called Adrenaline and Stress. And uh, I deal with so many people who struggle with anxiety and depression and just being burned out. And so I read that book, and it, it was very helpful. Uh, another thing I like to read is a blog from a pastor named Craig Groeschel. He's a pastor of a church called LifeChurch.tv. It's a multi-site church that has, I believe, 14 locations. And I really love the way he writes. He's to the point, and he's full of wisdom and gives a lot of great leadership insights. He has a blog, which you may want to check out. It's called Swerve.com. Swerve, S-W-E-R-V-E dot com. Uh, It's a quick read, and that has been a very helpful blog that I enjoy reading. Mm, Fantastic. Tell me about uh, music. What's your favorite kind of music you like listening to? Is there favorite artists of yours that you have that you you have in your uh, your six-stack of CD player or your iPod? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I like a lot of music. I, I certainly love Christian worship music, a lot of the contemporary Christian artists. Uh, lately, and this is, I think, just a phase, I've been listening to a lot of soundtrack music <laughs> that I've been downloading into my iPhone, and uh, it's just been a little phase I think I'm going mm-hmm. through, but it's been kind of nice. Mm. And what about mentors in your life? Who, who would you say uh, you've looked up to and, and have shaped uh, your area of ministry in life? Well, certainly my father, mm-hmm. because he's instilled many values of work ethic, mm-hmm. integrity, and compassion. Mm-hmm. 
because I recommitted my life fully to Jesus and developed a relationship with him at Saddleback Church, which mm-hmm. is where Rick Warren is the pastor. Mm-hmm. He has certainly been a huge mentor in my life and has taught me a lot through his website, pastors.com. Mm-hmm. Wayne Cadero, senior pastor of New Hope Oahu, without a doubt, is the uh, right up there with Rick Warren and my father as far as being a top influence in my life. Mm. And I've just found that these are men that God has chosen to influence my life. I didn't choose it. it it's happened, and I'm grateful because mm. <clears throat> these are great men to be mm. mentored by. Mm. <clears throat> but one of the things I want to say to the listeners is you can be mentored by people who aren't even alive you can pick up a book from a great Christian who passed away years ago, and they can mentor you. Mm-hmm. You can read about the great uh, biblical men and women of faith in the Bible, like King David and Joseph, and they can mentor you today as you read the Word. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you can be mentored by many, many people, especially in this day and age. Mm-hmm. And I found if you want to be mentored you just go try to find where these people are at or things that they've written. For instance, Wayne Cadero has a website called mentoringleaders.com. Phenomenal mentorship that you can receive from that website. You can take five minutes and learn how to handle a very difficult situation in your life. Mm. Fantastic. All right, well, our time's just about up. Uh, So if people are heading over to Hawaii for holidays... (laughs) (laughs) How do they find New Hope Windward? That's kind of what part of the island's that on? <laughs> well, we're on the windward side. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, just think about wind and parasailing and windsurfers, and uh, it is the most beautiful side of the island. And as I say it, because I live there in Pastor Church, it is God's country. <laughs> God is on the windward side of the island. And is there a website people can look at if they want to find out more about your church? Sure, we have a website. It's newhopewindward.org. Uh, W-I-N-D-W-A-R-D, so newhopewindward.org, and we have a media player and a lot of different tools on there that can help you grow in your relationship with God, and we'd love to have you come out if you're in the islands and just come get to know Jesus and connect with some of the people from the islands. Well, Pastor Dave, thank you so much for joining us. You certainly are a history maker. God bless. Thanks. That brings us to the end of this week's show. You can listen to this interview again or any of our other interviews. Simply go to historymakersradio.com. Thanks for joining us. History Makers.